0: Hi there. Do you know what your anxiety profile is? Me, I was a besieged panicker. We often say that the first step to reversing anxiety is to understand it. And that's why we've created a tool to help you discover your anxiety profile. And it's totally free. In about 90 seconds, you'll receive your customized anxiety profile. And it will answer so many questions you've probably been struggling with, including, am I going crazy? And why me? So if you haven't yet, pause this episode and head to lifefreeofanxiety.com slash profile or click the link in the show notes. I promise you'll get a lot more out of this and every episode once you know your anxiety profile. And now, on to the show. Hey, welcome back to the Life Free of Anxiety podcast. We are wrapping up last week's discussion on three reasons why you got anxiety. We've been trying to keep the episodes shorter because we have a lot of information in our podcast, so we don't want to be overwhelming by any means. But um, yeah, that's why these are broken up. But after you hear this episode, you're also going to hear a little segment where we answer a question. Um, One of you asked about um, anxiety and coping with that at work. So Dr. Barr and I discussed that. So stay tuned. Um, We'll get to that in a sec. But if you have a question, send it to erica at lifefreeofanxiety.com or message me on Facebook or Instagram. I love hearing from you guys. I heard from a couple of you um, this past week asking about the program that Dr. Barr and I are working on. We are working on that. It should be out soon. It is the one that um, Dr. Barr and I both used to get better from anxiety and fully recover. We're going to get that to you soon, and we're making a couple tweaks, and we're digitizing it, so stuff, good stuff is coming your way. Also, I've heard that there some are having a hard time finding the podcast when they just search anxiety. That's where you come in. Um, Give us a rating or review so um, people can find us because that's how people find us. If you guys rate us um, and review us on Apple or Stitcher or any anywhere you're listening from, just give us a rating and just think that 10 seconds or so could really help somebody suffering with anxiety. Um, They'll get to hear the wonderful knowledge of Dr. Barr and then they're stuck with me too. But, you know, they win when they get Dr. Barr, right? Okay, on to the show. And I'm only kidding. Well, sort of. Welcome to the Life Free of Anxiety podcast, where each week we'll bring you another discussion to help you on your way to overcoming your fears. I'm Erica, and together with Dr. Charles Barr, a licensed clinical psychologist specializing in anxiety, we'll be your guides on this journey. Because you are not broken, you are not alone, and you are on your way to living a life free of anxiety.
1: So that's number three is that sensitivity. So those are three of the reasons that people will develop an anxiety disorder.
0: Um, and the, and these all three are things that you are basically, I mean, kind of born with other than, you know, I guess you could uh, could have at some point understood how to relate to your body you're not necessarily born clueless about your body. Well, you you are born clueless, but you could have learned that.
1: Well, but the- actually, that's that's part of the learning oh. is you learned not to tune into your body. Oh, that. Yes. Okay. Uh, so, so that that's that's part of the learning. The part that it, that you're born with is the sensitivity. Yeah. So uh number 3 is the thing that you're born with. You're born with a sensitive body and you're hardwired that way and that's not going to change. Yeah. Um, But we can help you learn how to live with that sensitivity without it being a detriment to you and turn it into a positive rather than a negative.
0: And you're also born intelligent. For number one. Yes. Okay. Now, let me ask you a question about number three, being sensitive to stimuli. I'm very sensitive to food. I'm very sensitive to medication. Sometimes I have the opposite effect uh, when when somebody tells me this will happen to you with medication, the opposite happens. Um, I'm very sensitive yes. to bright lights, caffeine. But what about sensitive to comments? I, I was always very sensitive, and told that that was kind of a negative thing growing up. Like you're, oh, you're too sensitive. Um, but what is that? So what it, does that fall other
1: into? Being... Yes. Okay. You know, uh, people. I hear that all the time from from people that that I work with mm-hmm. that they they have grown up hearing that and they are, you'll go to a party mm-hmm. and when you leave you'll say to your friend you know Susie's really having a hard time and he said, "Wow, I talked to Susie for thirty minutes. I didn't pick up on that."
0: Oh my gosh, this is which, my which, husband and I in a nutshell. I'm like, "How do you not see these things?" He's like, "What? What are you talking about? <laughs> they seem fine to me." I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yes, I know okay. what you mean.
1: That's a perfect example. <laughs> do you, well, wait, <laughs> does
0: this happen with you and your wife? Does she is she oblivious or? But a woman's intuition is kind no, of different. Not, so she's not on to so things. Much, yeah,
1: okay. but. Um, you know if if you're one of those really highly sensitive people like you are, and you grew up sensitive yeah, and uh you pick up on where everybody else's feelings are and and who's having a hard time and who's doing okay and
0: right yes. um,
1: you you'll pick up on that before anybody else, <laughs> and
0: oh yeah. drives so that, me crazy, I'm like were we just in the same room but yeah.
1: It does seem funny, doesn't it? That oh one my person. Oh gosh! Yeah, I I just not noticed it at all.
0: I don't understand. I just but it's probably because I'm so aware. But sometimes I'm just plain jealous. I'm like, you didn't notice any of that, man. I had to sit here and suck in all that negative feelings. So you got to just enjoy your time, and <laughs> here I'm picking up on That's everything right. happening in this room and this. Person secretly mad at this person who knows how I mean accurate I am I think I'm always right of course but um yeah but my husband just ends up having a wonderful time and thinks everything was
1: perfect um, that's right
0: I'm like oh that's <laughs> not fair how do I learn that but I don't think that's something you can learn is it or unlearn <laughs>
1: exactly. exactly it is something you don't necessarily unlearn that uh-huh. but you can learn to protect yourself. So you don't feel like you're having to suck it all in. That's true. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, well, okay, that is their, that's their stuff. That's yes. not my stuff. I don't carry that for them. Yeah. Um, But it can be a, a really helpful thing and be very positive because then you really can be helpful to a lot of people that where other people are just, they they're not noticing.
0: Yeah, I, I suppose in your line of work, if you couldn't pick up on things, we'd all be in trouble.
1: <laughs> well, it, I think that is the way my sensitivity manifests itself. Is that I end up being sensitive to people's feelings. Yeah, uh, and I can I can sense um, that something's going on and what that might be and that kind of thing.
0: And as a therapist, there's always that I've I've noticed. Um, there's always that like boundary too, but I don't know if this is what you guys learned straight away in school, but that you don't get overly involved, right? Cause you could never do your job if you were overly involved. And so that even though you, you are sensitive, yeah, you have still have to keep the boundaries and, and know where you might kind of feel like, oh man, I really want to help. and But maybe you can't fix everything, right?
1: Well, I can't fix everything, and it's actually not my job to fix everything. Mm-hmm. It's my job to to um, help people become aware of how they can fix things. Yes. And this disorder, and panic disorder, it's also my job to help give them tools to be able to use to be able to fix things. Because if you don't have the right tools in this disorder in particular um, – anxiety wins. And mm-hmm. we don't want anxiety to keep winning. Uh, we want you to be able to be free of, of anxiety. Right. Oh, life free of anxiety. Hey, where'd yes. you
0: get that name? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, well, this was really cool and fun. And I feel like I still learned stuff talking to you. Um, but we will wrap up here. And we are very excited to bring you um, this program that we're working on. We, you kind of got a sneak peek of it today. Um, but it, it, it's so much more than what we just told you, just that section alone of who gets anxiety. And for me, just learning that information was pretty life changing. And that's only, you know, the very beginning of the program. So we go into a lot more than that. Um, but we are excited to get that to you soon. And we just ask that you guys rate us in the meantime, uh, on the Apple store or Stitcher, you can give us five stars if you want, just a suggestion. And you can also email me at erica at lifefreeofanxiety.com. And you can also find us on Instagram uh, and Facebook at Life Free of Anxiety. There's that name again.
1: Very good. Is there anything
0: Very else? Good. Am I missing anything?
1: I think that's good for today. Okay, great. We well. <laughs> well, we just wish you uh, well. We hope that You will be less anxious and more relaxed, and if you haven't uh, found a way to relax your body yet, we have a relaxation exercise that you can um, contact uh, Erica for, and she can ship that out to you. Well, actually, uh, we have that on
0: the website now.
1: So all you get is my voice. There's no bells or whistles, so just me. Oh, that's so nice. But I think it will work. Yes, and uh, I encourage you to do that if you haven't found another way to uh, to use relaxation.
0: Yeah, you can find our relaxation audio at lifefreeofanxiety dot com slash relax, and that is where you will hear Doctor Barr's wonderful voice guiding you through uh, relaxation, and it's super helpful. So, lifefreeofanxiety.com dot com slash relax.
1: See you next time.
0: Okay, see you next time. Bye bye. Okay. Well, that wraps up part two. I think that was a really interesting episode. And I don't just say that because I was on it. I think the stuff we covered um, was interesting. And I hope that some of it was new to you because that's our whole um, idea here and goal is to bring new information to you. So I hope something was enlightening to you in that conversation. Um, We also recorded a response to a question that came in through Instagram, which is a great way to send your questions to us. Um, We're going to begin doing some Q&A episodes soon, so send your questions our way. The question was, how do I cope with anxiety at work? So you get to hang out with us for a few more minutes. Let's go. We thought we would take just a little bit of time to answer one of your questions that you sent us. Um, We were asked about anxiety and the workplace. So basically, what to do when anxiety makes going to work difficult. And also, how to get through a work day when you're dealing with anxiety, so Dr. Barr's here, hi, Dr. Barr.
1: Hello, hello. <laughs> well, uh, that is an excellent question, yeah. and it's a very difficult situation, and that's the situation that so many people find themselves in definitely They're anxious going to work and then they're they're having to white knuckle it to get there or or then they're sitting there fighting anxiety all day long. Very hard to be productive when you're feeling anxious, isn't it?
0: Uh, Yes, definitely. And sometimes work can look like a couple different things. Uh, It doesn't necessarily mean you're sitting in a cubicle. Um, For me, I always found work mostly relaxing. It got my mind off things um, when I had my radio job. But I will say this, I had to go, I always had a very hard time with speaking events because why? I had fear of the fear. So if I was going to speak in front of people, I was afraid I was going to panic in front of them. And I had to speak at Dodger Stadium one time after um, a Dodger game with a couple names like Clayton Kershaw. Do you know who he is, Dr. Barr?
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. He was speak. (laughs) He was there. On stage with me, A.J. Ellis um, and also Josh Lynn Bloom, who were all on the team at the time. So my anxiety was on overdrive. And this was a work event. So I needed to go up there and I needed to introduce the chaplain of the Dodgers. And that was my job, right? Um, It wasn't like full Dodger Stadium, but there was a lot of people waiting to hear these guys speak. Yeah. I had such a hard time with it, I I couldn't get myself, I was, I was standing below them thinking, do I want to go up or should I go up? I think a lot of my coworkers probably knew, they thought I was having really bad stage fright, but they didn't really understand that I was just afraid of going up there and panicking. Um, long story short, I was able to finally get myself up there and let my coworker do a lot of the talking. But I got so I I did fine. But there there came a point where I was like, and now Brandon Cash is here. And he was like right behind me, (laughs) like right behind me. So it's like, (laughs) oh, uh, uh, here he is. And I had to like walk off. And I think that would have gone a lot smoother had I not been so scared and freaked out that I was going to panic. Um, But it was very hard for me. I had to speak at a woman's event where same thing. I just couldn't stop fearing panicking up there another time. And um, and my point is, you never know what your job's going to call for. It might be flying, it might be public speaking, it might be leading a meeting, and it might be getting through a day of work, whatever that looks like. So, Dr. Barr, what would you it say?
1: Just, it just interferes. Yeah. It interferes with, with. Uh, well, first of all, I'd like to say, well, how cool is that <laughs> that you got to speak at your stadium? Oh, that was, know, that's like and, one and time sure. I got
0: to, so it's not like I did that every day, yeah. but yeah.
1: But but uh, I see for, for me that that's uh, other people too probably. I think they would be going, Wow, that's pretty cool, you know. Yeah, you it was cool. Clayton, you know. Um, and it is cool and that's part of the problem is the anxiety <laughs> right. it was too robs cool. you of the pleasure. Yes. You know, it, it uh it just robs you of the pleasure and, and you're doing things that other people think are really good for things to be done, and they look at you and go, what is the problem? Mm -hmm. You know, why would you be scared of doing this? Um, And I'm glad that you brought up that people's work brings all kinds of activities and things. It's not just sitting in a cubicle, although it may be sitting in a cubicle, and that may uh, be a difficult thing for people who are experiencing anxiety, where their boss is sitting maybe right next to them. And they can't really feel like they can have the freedom to take off and go and panic in the bathroom or something for a while. Yeah. Uh, It it can be very difficult. That's part of what um, the relaxation is designed to do is it's designed to be something that you can use when you're at work or you're at play or you're anywhere. Mm Mm-hmm. But it takes practice, and practice is the key. There's no way to shortcut the practice of uh, dealing with anxiety. Uh, You must practice the tools to get them to be good and so that they will work in those situations. I I really feel badly for folks who are having that struggle at work. Yeah, me too. Uh, Some people are, are fine once they get to work it's just getting there and getting there's miserable mm-hmm. other people struggling all day long and i'm really sorry that, that that kind of thing happens but i do know that it does yeah so yeah. one of the things that you can do is you can start practicing the, your your relaxation and then when when you get the chance to relax take the time to relax even at work and it may be that you have to excuse yourself, go to the bathroom, sit in the stall and breathe for a while or mm-hmm. let yourself relax and uh, talk yourself down and become calm again so that you can go out and, and keep working. Mm-hmm. There, there are some strategies like that, that after you get good at relaxing, that, that can really help you.
0: The car on your lunch break. That's what, uh, that was always yeah. a good one for me. If you can get to your car, it's pretty quiet in there. Put the seat down; nobody's going to see you. Relax for ten minutes, if you can. Relax for for, relax for three minutes, if that's all you can do. You know, that's right. Every minute, every second, you're relaxing. Your body's learning. Hey, okay, this is how. This is actually what I want to feel. Okay, I'm learning something new. So, I it was you, Doctor Barr, who said it doesn't matter how long. I mean, longer is preferable sometimes, but if you don't have the time, you know, do, do something right. If you don't have
1: the time, you don't have the time. Yeah. And, but, but you can still do small things to kind of release the energy. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, can tighten your muscles and let them go. Um, move your muscles. Um, don't sit rigidly because sometimes when you get scared like that, your muscles tense up and you're sitting like a statue. Um, move your body, make your legs move, shift your, your, the position of your feet, um, get up and walk around the office. If you, if you have that luxury or, um, take a short walk, mm-hmm. get out of the office, uh, do, do something different than what you usually do. That can be helpful just to help break it up. Yeah. Well, I wish there were a really simple, uh, thing that I could tell you to do that would work like a magic charm. There just isn't one that I know of, mm-hmm. uh, except I do want you to know, I understand that. And it's a, it's a, a big problem. It's a big problem for the person that has it. And, uh, you're not alone. That's for sure. Yeah. There are a lot of people that have.
0: And I just want to add, um, that if there is, if you are in a workplace situation Maybe it's not your boss you want to go to, but maybe it's somebody in HR or maybe it's a trusted friend. But I would have one person at work, if it were me, who you could tell that you feel this way, too, Um, because sometimes like in HR, for instance, is kind of some of the stuff they handle anyway. So if you ever need, you know, some like, I don't know, I'm not going to say that this is you know, something that can happen in everyone's work because I'm not trying to pretend it is. But if you if you you know, somebody is trusted and they know that they can just be that getaway for you to talk for five minutes or if you know, you can talk to HR about it when you're having a truly rough day. um, I would encourage, you know, not not being so afraid of hiding it unless you definitely know somebody cannot handle it and we'll use it against you or something like that. But if there's a trusted friend, well, yeah, I would, I would lean on them, yeah. not, not lean on them. Like I, you I need them all day, but you know what I mean?
1: Right. I, I certainly uh, want to emphasize the the part about it being a trusted. Yes, person. yes, yes. Uh, you know, I, I know some folks who uh, work in big corporations and HR is not their friend. Mm, okay. <laughs> so, uh, so there are times when HR can be your friend if you're in a, a company where that is the, the case. And there are other cases where HR is not your friend. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, be be wise. Yes. I want you to be wise in the choices you make. Uh, know that we feel for you and that we understand that, that it can be misery. Uh, I also want you to know that it can get better and that it doesn't last. So... Anxiety doesn't last. If you if you can learn to let it go, it will go. So, I want you to have some hope, and uh, we'll be talking more about um, the program that we that we run, and uh, maybe you'll choose to take advantage of that at some point.
0: Yes, and that can this.
1: Thank you for the question.
0: Yeah, thank you for the question. Yeah, that is a really good question, and it's so relatable and something that. Affects so many people, not just you who sent the question, but for you who sent the question, there's like 50 people saying, Me too. What do I do? So know that you're not alone. That's right. Okay. Well, we will talk to you guys next time. Thanks so much for being here.
1: Okay. Bye bye.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope that something in today's conversation provided you with a feeling of hope determination or purpose i know what you're going through and that's why i want to give you some of the tools that helped me in my anxiety journey to get your free copy of dr Barr's relaxation audio that helped change my life forever just go to lifefreeofanxiety.com relax thanks again for listening and remember you are not broken you are not alone and you are on your way to living a life free of anxiety see you next week before you go, I wanted to give you one last reminder to discover your anxiety profile at lifefreeofanxiety.com profile. Going forward, we really think this should be the starting point for everyone's anxiety journey. Once you're done, once you're done, you'll probably wonder how we could learn so much from just a few questions. It really is amazing. What you don't see is behind the scenes, your responses are compared to what we've learned from helping over 200,000 people just like you reverse their anxiety over the past 40 years. It's a data-backed assessment with real insights. I promise it's worth 90 seconds of your time, and it's totally free. Just click the link in the show notes or head to lifefreeofanxiety.com profile, and I'll talk to you again soon.